and welcome back to the FPL Roundtable, the only fantasy Premier League podcast where we guarantee that you might learn something about fantasy, probably. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, blah, 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 Rob Langevin, blah, blah, blah. But also, Rob, we have a guest on. It's been a minute. Uh, Get out of here. We, we deserve guests now? Jesus. We're doing things <laughs> up in the world, I swear. Moving on up. Uh, joining us is uh, Chuck Booth, who you can find on Twitter, at Chuck Booth Sport, writes for Roto World. Chuck, welcome to the show, man. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolute pleasure. I know uh, from your tweeting that you are a Tottenham fan, so hopefully uh, we can rile oh. up Rob at some oh. point <laughs> over this show. Um, but very pleased to have you on. Uh, we're just going to run through a few topics first of just uh, relevant things. We'll start off with today. Eden Hazard, depending on whether or not they took it away from him or not, uh, scored a goal uh, in their match against Atleti. It did take multiple deflections, and it, it plinkoed its way into the back of the net. Uh, that basically means that he has scored or assisted in his last five matches in all competitions. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you guys feel about him in fantasy? Because traditionally, of all like the high-priced big-name players, he's never really been a true set-it-and-forget player. There always seems to be issues, or he never really lives up to the price tag. How do you guys feel about him right now? Um, I kind of relate to ha- Hazard in the official game like I re- relate to Coutinho. Um there are weeks where Coutinho just goes blank and then all of a sudden he shows up for two or three in a row. Hazard is the same the same way. Like it's funny, like I, I don't have the research in front of me, but I wonder if you rotated Hazard and Coutinho in and out of your lineup at the same time, how how well the the factoring would be there. Um, it would be eighteen plus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm saying like if you brought one in and tra- you know, um so if you rotated them in and out for oh. each other. Um because they always seem to hit on weeks that that but now that Hazard's hot and Coutinho's sort of hot-ish, I guess we'll call it. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that. That that's a perfect analogy for Eden Hazard. That he is a you can't really rely on him for like years and months of production. You know, not like a you can rely on somebody like Christian Eriksen or you know from past life Gilfie Sigurdsson or you know people like that. Not definitely not in the Salah category from this year. But yeah, I I I like Hazard right now. Um, but you know, with the with the full time play today, it brings into question the, the weekend's weekend's fixture. For me, it depends on how many premium midfielders you're actually willing to run. Because if you're doing a team where you're mainly running premium forwards and one premium midfielder, then that premium midfielder probably shouldn't be Eden Hazard, just because you can't actually take those weeks that he's going to blank. Like at that point. You're just going to go with Salah and hope that he keeps up his ridiculous form right now. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'm sure a lot of people are doing that. I um, I think it's a really interesting point on premium midfielders because, as listeners and, and Rob will know, up until about three weeks ago, I was rolling heavy with three really high-priced midfielders, and now I'm basically down to one. Um, I downgraded to uh, Richarlison from, oh, who knows? They were really expensive. Then I moved down uh, this week from Ericsson to somebody that we, we will discuss later. So basically, it's just Salah as my big midfielder, and then Sterling's my second. Um, I have to be honest, looking at my team, yeah. very curious where the rest of that money is. <laughs> um, yeah, so I sold Ericsson and downgraded to Gatinho to get funds in other places. 
Yeah, um, I uh, became a blood traitor to the fantasy cause, but that's fine. <laughs> Get into that in a little bit. But yeah, for Hazard, if if you feel like you can trust him, I mean, go for it. As we always say, fantasy is supposed to be fun. Uh, if you're a Chelsea fan, obviously owning him will, will make your day. But uh, if you're not, he can definitely ruin your day just as easily. Um, other news uh, all the way back from the weekend. Uh, Paul Pogba k- picks up a suspension. Obviously, you're not trying to add him. You're probably not willing to hold him for three weeks either. Uh, but I'm more interested, Rob. You know, you and I have talked a lot over the past few weeks about how inefficient United's tack is without him in the lineup versus when he is there. Are you kind of leaning away from most United players now? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm not even counting that they're playing this weekend. This weekend doesn't even count. Whatever, whatever happens this week, the, F- the fantasy stats shouldn't count. They shouldn't even <laughs> like accumulate. Um, because with the with the derby that's happening with with City, um, yeah, you know it's funny. Pogba came in and they they the, the engine just started to get warmed back up again. And you know they they scored four goals and then they scored you know scored three goals. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that he's going to be gone for three games and you know there are three okay fixtures you know after City you know Bournemouth West Brom. So there's no way you're holding on and onto an 8.0 Paul Pogba only because of one thing he's going to go back he's going to go down in price probably before the weekend set and you don't know what city's going to do so you're not going to hold on to an, you know almost 10% of your fantasy roster and put him on the bench that's just you know that's stupid I'm not saying everybody's stupid but if you hold on to him you're stupid I happen to be one of those unfortunate Pogba owners who <laughs> yeah, got I don't, hit I by currently his own him, card. Yeah I currently own him right now <laughs> Yeah, I haven't I haven't transferred him out yet because I'm not willing to take a hit to actually get rid of him. Mm-hmm. But I do have to figure out what I'm going to do with that eight million that I just have sitting here now as dead at my third sub. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's plenty of options through the midfield. I mean, it depends on if you want to if how much do you have in the bank if you want to go up a little bit or down. You you said you already are you a you're already a continue owner. You said. Yeah, I'm already a Coutinho owner. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, my midfield right now is Shakiri, Hazard, Salah, <clears throat> Pogba, and uh, Richarlson. So I mean, I'm planning on going Pogba to Coutinho this week. That is my one. Yeah, I have, I have Gray, um, Richarlison, Coutinho, and then Ruben Loftus Cheek. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you you have you have the the cheap option with the with the RLC in there. So I mean, I I I'm kind of like midfield heavy right now. And that's fine, but you know Shakiri is my midfield punt, and he's basically the the second most informed midfielder in in the Premier League. So, mm. also but, not to rain on too much Coutinho hype, but he's only scored in back to back matches once this season. Uh, but he has been streaky in years past. So, so if you want to think that it will continue, obviously that is everyone's right. Obviously, a very impressive hat trick of assists at the weekend. Um, Stop pooping on Coutinho, <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> I I can't man I I just I just love I just love pooping on him man. Um, uh, let's talk about let's talk about Spurs and how many clean sheets they have in the last six. Oh, all right, cool, cool, good talk. I, hey man, I've been telling people to get rid of Tottenham defenders pretty much since week three. Um, you cut me, I cut you. <laughs> uh huh. Um, on to uh, Everton now. Uh, they seem to be trending upwards. Sigurdsson is trending upwards. Also, uh, we got Rob's uh, boy here, uh, Dominic Calvert Lewin. Putting in performances, but Nias was doing it right before him. Are either of them ownable? We'll lead in with you, Chuck. Do you think either of them are ownable? Are ownable? Are ownable? And if so, which one would you favor? Um, I'd say only Dominic Calvert Lewin is is ownable, just because of the fact that 
he fits in perfectly to what to the type of system that Big Sam is trying to play. Mm-hmm. And while it may be interesting to see like what happens with Jan- in January with uh, them being linked to Troy Deeney now and still out looking for a striker, it seems like if Wayne Rooney's going to play in the midfield, that Calvert Lewin is going to be that center forward in between. Gilfy and whoever is playing on the on the right wing. Yeah, I I, I agree completely that this is uh th- this is my boy Dominic's boy Dominic's time to shine. You know, with the next four fixtures: Liverpool, Newcastle, Swansea, and Chelsea. Um, I know he's got some some heavy hitter matchups there. You know, at Liverpool and then home to Chelsea are the two two big ones that that jump out. Um, but but Chuck said it exactly. Uh, he is the type of player that Big Sam needs up top especially when he's being flanked by talented guys and being supported from the rear um, in a, in, by Wayne Rooney. Um, and Gilfie's starting to play better. He's starting to sh- round into, you know, Swansea form. If that's actually a thing, if somebody forms into Swan, uh, it doesn't make any sense. But <laughs> Does I'm he look like a literal swan, though? He's, he's rounding into his former Swansea self. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I think Nias is going to be on the outs. Uh, the length of Troy Deeney is interesting in January. Um, but, you know, he has seven fixtures between now and then. So that is something that will tell us what, you know, Dominic Calvert-Lewin is. And given his price right now at 5.2 and the amount of transfers that he's being in brought in right now, he's at 90,000 already from, from initial kickoff of last week till today. So that's a ton of people trying to commit to that, um, either by, you know, him punting down because of the price is right or – you know they're buying into it as their your third striker because a lot of people do play a third a cheap third striker sometimes. But at five dot two, you really can't go wrong because there's a lot of other options that people are buying into. And the only thing I don't like about Calvert Lewin is everybody's buying his stats. You know the goal and two assists in his last was it three or four games, mm. uh, three games, and he's only had two shots on goal. So uh, that's not that's not really something you want from your you know from your your out and out striker. But you know at five dot two, like I said, you really really can't go wrong. Yeah, and Everton finally in the top 10 of chances created, which it should not have taken this long to do, considering they signed basically eight central attacking midfielders in the offseason. Um, obviously, the the benefit of having that cheap of a third forward is, as we've often discussed on the show, it allows you uh, the opportunity of choosing either your fifth midfielder or your third forward. But Chuck, I know you're a fan of a different kind of formation that maybe. Wouldn't lead that to be a good issue. Uh, would love for you to elaborate on your five defensive strat here. Yep. So I u- usually play five at the back each week. This week's actually the first time that I'm not playing it, thanks to Pogba being suspended and that making Valencia useless against Man City. Um, but it allows me to ha- have three relatively high-priced defenders two standard defenders, and then I can still fit two mid-range midfielders and two high-priced forwards. Like, up top, I have the pair of Harry Kane and Gabriel Jesus. Mm-hmm. Then um, Coutinho and Pogba were my higher-tier midfielders with someone else just rotating into a midfield three. And Ben Me, Charlie Daniels, Azpilicueta... Valencia, and unfortunately for Tongan, still in my team because I need to have a Tottenham player. Uh, typically, is this just you m- mostly trying to chase the clean sheet points? 
Yeah, so basically, for, first it kind of started as just an anti-FPL um, movement. <laughs> then it actually worked. So I just kind of kept rolling with it because it actually is a lot easier to hope for three clean sheets out of five defenders than it is to expect three out of five midfielders to actually score a goal or assist on something. Mm-hmm. That's a good strategy. I mean, I, I don't disagree with it. I've, I've always been a proponent that you should have at least four usable defenders. I've never actually gone to, to that, you know, that extreme of having a fifth level of defensive, defensive usefulness. Um, but I mean, I could see how the strategy works when, when you compare, you know, apples to apples, just based on points and all players, you know, the, the highest-scoring defender right now is Antonio Valencia, so he would be the fifth-highest-scoring midfielder and the third-highest-scoring forward. And so, I mean, way if you're, cheaper. Yeah, I mean, and if you're, if you're bringing in David De Gea into this equation, I, I know he's not a, def- a defender, but, you know, points per million, David De Gea is the highest-scoring point per, per, point per million player in, in the fantasy game right now. He's, he's priced at 5.8, and he has 83 points. That, he'd be the number one defender... He'd be the fourth highest scoring midfielder, and he'd be tied for the highest scoring forward. Wow, interesting stuff uh, for sure. Um, Rob, I know you wanted to get into a, a few either ors with our guests here. Oh yeah, I mean Chuck, it's always good having you. I appreciate it. I don't know if you were if you listened to our podcast previously. We always like to just throw out either ors. These guys are usually in form, similar in price, or it's because we 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 had a little too much wowie sauce, and we're like, ooh, I like this guy or this guy. <laughs> Um, so I'll throw out one here and maybe Kevin will come up with another one off the fly. Um, given that Gilfie Sigurdsson has kind of rounded out to shape, was rounding out to form and his 8.0 price tag is kind of, you know, not really buy trustworthy, but I'm going to compare him to another guy who's not really buy trustworthy, but he's basically doing the same thing point wise in returns. And that's Riyad Mahrez. So for the next six weeks, who would you rather have Gilfie Sigurdsson or Riyad Mahrez? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, because I actually like both of them a lot going forward. See, it's a good um, one. Then I picked two good guys. Uh, I guess I have to say Riyad Mahrez, just because of the fact that I think his upset, his upside under Claude Puel is much bigger than Gilfie's, especially since it seems like Gilfie's not going to be returning to an actual central attacking midfielder position. That, it, that he's kind of locked down the left wing at Everton, whereas Mares has been playing in a bit of a floater role as a shadow striker behind Jamie Vardy or flipping outright with Damari Gray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, th- there's arguments for both guys. I just, you know, their upcoming fixtures are pretty comparable. Everton's a little bit tougher. They have Chelsea in there and United before right on New Year's. Um, but I'm liking what I see out of Sigurdsson since his move to the wing. I think that he's basically shown out what he could do because I think he has more space on the wide side instead of being centralized. And then you bring come to Mares, who's basically returning good enough value, but is priced a little bit higher than Sigurdsson at 8.4. And you worry, but you know, you look at Leicester's upcoming schedule and you're like, well, maybe he could do some things. But that's why I wanted to bring both these guys into the into the question here because they're both on the cusp of that. And eh, they're a little too expensive, or I could just go to somebody else on Liverpool or Arsenal that are you know that are doing something productively better than their eight dot well, and eight dot four price tag. You know, that's kind of why 
instead of like transferring out Pogba to actually bring in, bring in Riyad Mahrez, mm-hmm. I brought in Damari Gray instead. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, you're playing off the odds that, that Leicester is going to do something good and, and Gray is going to be the beneficiary. Or do you like the price better so you have the flexibility in, in, in roster movement? A bit of both. Yeah, that makes yep. sense. Um, I have a intra-squad one. Between Sergio Aguero and Gabriel Jesus. Before we get into this, a few things to note. First of all, of the two of them, one of them has not blanked in the last five matches. And it's Gabriel Jesus, who has only started uh, three of those five uh, with two goals and three assists. Secondly, Gabriel Jesus is third in shot accuracy this season, while Aguero does not crack the top ten. With those in mind... Would you rather have Gabriel, I don't start anymore, Jesus, or Sergio, I start but don't do much with it at the moment, Aguero? Well, but I I got burnt over the weekend because I thought I had a nice differential captain with Gabriel Jesus in my squad. And he started the game on the bench and came off. And even though he got an assist, I could have just captained Coutinho instead, who was my vice captain. Oof. Ooh. It it costs quite a few points. Did Coutinho yes. have a good day? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I missed it. What happened? Um, I think he did a couple good things. Yep, three or four. But uh, yeah, Aguero or Jesus? I'd still ride with Jesus just because of the fact that even if he does come off the bench, he comes off the bench and actually does something, especially since they are – pretty similar price ranges. I think I think Jesus is still at least 1.5 cheaper. 1. 1.1.2. There it is. Yeah. For for me it's I a mean, hard take. Rob, if you had to jump in here. Yeah, I mean, I'm an Aguero owner and um I'm liking the way that the rotation is working out sort of in my favor except for the blanking standpoint. Um because Wait, like you're more excited when the lineup is listen, announced than at the end of listen, the match. Listen, Sergio Aguero has a better goal-scoring rate per minute than any player in the Premier League history, right? That's correct. That's still that's still an ongoing thing now. I that he's. Yeah. I mean, that was the, that was the way a couple couple months ago when I first saw it. So, listen, if Sergio Aguero is getting minutes, how are you not banking on that? This is a player who ended last year. No, he ended at twelve seven last year, price wise, and he's currently at eleven seven. So, speculatively saying. He he's not a million dollars less than last year or worse than last year, I should say. But City's attack you know, obviously infinitely better because last season yeah, Tottenham absolutely. had the best attack in the Premier League, not City. Yeah, but they got <laughs> they got they got relegated and stuff, so they stink. But um, yeah, no, I mean, if listen, if Sergio Aguero is getting minutes, I'm buying Sergio Aguero. But if it starts to become a, a time where Jesus starts starting and Aguero comes off the bench, I'm getting neither guy. I'm going somewhere else and looking looking for for something better. That's just that's just my opinion because I I'd rather grow with Aguero than Jesus, and that's just the way I feel. Hmm. Uh, I am off uh, Sergio Aguero now. Worth noting though that two years ago was the last time I was this strong on getting rid of Aguero, and then he scored five goals against Newcastle. So just out of like a little pinch of salt, but yeah. uh, statistically things definitely leaning in the favor of Gabriel Jesus, especially when Rob is you you tend to so like the points per million. Uh, obviously would be in Jesus' favor at this yeah. point. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> all right. Uh, but, you have any uh, but, 
You need to ask me that. Que- you need to ask me that question tomorrow after we see the, the lineups for uh, Champions <laughs> League. Dude, it won't matter. I mentioned on Twitter. Actually, check it. I talked about this on Twitter. I pepped myself because uh, I took out Aguero last week, and so that's why I was talking about the difference between joy at lineup announcement and the end of the actual week. Because um, whenever you see your guy, you're like, yeah, I did it. Or like last week, I took him out, then he started, and I was terrified. Uh, and then he did absolutely nothing of note. Um, <clears throat> sorry about it. <laughs> you have any more either ors, or should we move on? Oh, you can move on. All right. We, co- we, co- we cover the pertinent one. That was the one <laughs> I wanted here. Sounds good. Uh, usually we get into uh, some price changes, but uh, Rob mentioned uh, off air. We don't really know yet with all the Champions League matches that are going to be happening. Um, I guess just one quick thing, as Chuck and I both said, you heard two Tottenham fans here already say, get off the Ericsson train. Uh, one mm-hmm. assist, not worth keeping him for. Although I will say, I think this is the first time this season, at least, that I've gotten rid of a player off of a non-blank. Hey, one one in a row is not a, re- a streak, Kevin. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> um, all right, we're going to take a quick break to pay some bills, and then we'll be right back with Start Sits. All right, and we are back. We're going to just jump straight into start sits. Uh, I'll lead in, then we'll have Chuck follow me, and then Rob can bring up the rear, um, <laughs> which apparently oh is boy. a phrase you used earlier today, and now it's oh just boy. ingrained in my brain. Um, <laughs> for my start, um, the uh, obvious choice right now for me is going to be Lacazette. He's top five in goal, shots on target, and shot accuracy over the last five matches. He's coming up against the Southampton side that have only managed one clean sheet in the last ten matches. But that's obvious. That's chalk. Rob blames me constantly for always going chalk with forwards. So let's get a little let's get a little freaky on him. My sneaky gut feeling, and this is not just a one-week thing. This is like a maybe looking forward. It's going to be Solomon Rondon. If you oh, think Christ. about what Alan Pardew managed to get out of Christian Benteke at Crystal Palace, where everything flew into him, right? You had two wingers that loved crossing the ball, getting into one big, huge-headed forward, and you have that at Crystal Palace. If it's Oliver Burke or Chadley, just depending on who's fit, on the left, Matt Phillips on the right, and Rondon in the middle, Rondon's talent has completely been underrated because of the way, uh, uh, I almost said part of you again, Tony Pulis had them playing. The talent is there. We had our West Brom guy come on here and say that this is easily the most talented West Bromwich Albion team he's ever seen. And they were being held back uh, by Pulis. And I think now we could finally start to see that going. We, we've seen glimpses of what Matty Phillips can do uh, last season when he had that like really great run before he got hurt. We've seen what Chadley can do the year that he was with Tottenham and he had 10 goals and 5 assists. We've seen what these players can do. And I think the beneficiary of those things will be Rondon, who is A, very cheap. And B, the esteem of whom has dropped significantly since he came into the league. When he came into the Premier League, this was like a big striker signing. And now everybody just stopped caring about him because the play style did not behoove him. Um, that's not the word I wanted, but whatever. <laughs> my point is, Solomon Rondon is my sneaky pick of the week. Um, in midfield, uh, this pains me greatly, but I'm actually going to double up on, on Arsenal players. The player I moved down from Ericsson from was not, it was not to Coutinho. It was all the way down to Aaron Ramsey, who has the most assists in the last five matches. His last blank was in October, for goodness sake. Um, it's, it's really, really impressive what he's been doing. His flexibility in the squad where he can play outright when they need him there. He can play centrally, not as a forward, obviously, but is either an attacking midfielder or further back. Because he's played as the 10 when Otzel's been out. He's played further back in a 3. He's played further back in a 2. Just his versatility, I think, is his greatest asset. And kind of like Rob was saying with Aguero... 
if the minutes are there, at least for now, the points are there. Um, and, and you got to like that this week. Again, Southampton's defense not really doing the business. In defense, uh, I've been a huge fan of him ever since he was out on loan in Germany for two years that he never should have been. He's one of the best center back prospects in the game right now. Arguably beyond prospect. He's doing it right now in the Premier League. It's Andreas Christensen. For me, he's the new Phil Jones. Four of the next top, four, sorry, four of the next five matches against bottom 10 attacks. He already has three clean sheets in the last five. Um, I don't think there's any way he'll be dropped anytime soon, even with him getting loads of Champions League minutes as well. Uh, Chuck, we'll come to you now. Tell us who you're liking this week. Okay, so at forward, I'm actually going with Charlie Austin this week. Oh, Because he's finally showing glimpses of what he showed while at QPR. And at only $6 million, that's pretty easy to fit into most people's teams right around now. Uh-huh. And Arsenal will... I, I haven't seen the exact final on um, Mustafi's injury, but the Arsenal defense without Mustafi is not very formidable. Yeah. So you can still kind of expect him to score in that game. Yeah, and you had Troy Deeney mentioning how soft they were in the air, and Charlie Austin obviously very good in the air and should have had a a header that he scored, uh, but he put it right over the crossbar. Uh, Who you got in midfield? Um, Midfield, I'm just rolling with the hot hand, and I'm taking Coutinho against Everton, just because even even though Everton is looking like they're riding the shift and actually seeming like a competent team on his day. No one in the league can actually stop Coutinho. True. Those like distant shots are pretty difficult to deal with that. That, and you get 10 yards on a free kick. (laughs) True. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, pulling up the rear. Kieran Gibbs. Ooh, you're also on my new West Brom hype train. Whoop, whoop. I mean, if you didn't notice, I actually in our Taga League, I actually picked up Rondon and Gibbs because without Matt Phillips, the best person to actually supply Solomon Rondon with any chances is Karen Gibbs. Mm-hmm. And adding in that he's a defender on set pieces for West Brown, it's not a bad option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he'll probably play that Van Anholt role. Every name you just said, Chuck, sounds like a 70s R&B band. You just set them all together, and they sound like a 70s R&B band. I'm waiting for like a, like a Loggins and Messina reference coming in. But anybody who, anybody who loves a Loggins and Messina reference, cool. Tweet us. We love them too. Um, I think both of us are too young for that, Rob. I apologize. Um, hey, just because I was born in the 70s doesn't mean I know the yeah, 70s. Like that, that one went completely over my head. Fair it's enough. Uh, well, Rob, if, if this uh, starts its segment as a snake draft, you're here with the turn. So hit us with uh, both ends of yours. Well, funny, I, my forward and midfielder both were were chosen. I had Lacazette as my forward. I know it's kind of chalky, and, and I have Coutinho as my midfielder. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Kevin gave all the stats. I think that Lacazette is the informed guy that if you're stuck with a, a panic at the Harry Kane disco right now, you don't want to roster him. You, the Lacazette move is the complete way to go for me. Uh, in midfield, Chuck nailed it right in the head. I'm going with a complete hot hand here. I think it, it continues. I think there's probably three uncontrollable players right now when they're on form in the Premier League through the midfield. One's Mo Salah, the other one's Ed Nazard, and the other one is Philippe Coutinho. Uh, on defense, I'm in love 
with Hornets right now. I'm in love with the Hornet defense, and Kiko Feminia is the BPS darling of boy. the official of the official game. And I'm recirculating now. I'm coming back out of hibernation for Watford. Um, they were down for a while, but now look at their upcoming fixtures coming up. Um, I know this is a weekly thing with the start sits, but when you have Burnley, Crystal Palace, Huddersfield, Brighton as the next four, yippee skippy. I am so happy for Kiko Feminia. Um he has nine bonus points on the year. He's in the top five for bonus points in all for all defenders. Uh, his price is cheap, and Watford's is awesome until basically Valentine's Day. No, I'm kidding. I was on, I was being I'm being sarcastic. They're not really great till Valentine's Day, but <laughs> but I I just was expressing my my love and joy for uh, Kiko Firmino and Watford for the upcoming week. Uh, I'll jump right into sits, and then Chuck, you can follow me, and then Kevin, you can bring up the rear because you like bringing up the rear today. Um, <laughs> it's, it's seriously, it's a phrase that is now just like burrowed far too deep into my psyche. Well, it's it needs to stop because now I'm thinking about rears, and we're gonna start. This is gonna be the official game banned podcast that's never gonna get played <laughs> because because bad things are gonna start being said. Um, I'll start up top for my sits. Um, it's Callum Wilson. Uh, I haven't seen enough. Basically, if you owned him for that that hat trick week. Hooray for you. I hate your guts. And anybody else who bought him <laughs> after that, we have nothing to show for it but sorrow, regret, and three shots on goal. Uh, thank you, Callum Wilson, and you're 6.0. If you're a Callum Wilson owner, you are firmly looking at Dominic Calvert-Lewin right now in the face at 5.2 and taking that .8 and running with it to invest somewhere else. Uh, through the midfield, I'm not – I'm like I said in the, in the, the preamble of the City United buildup we were talking about, I'm avoiding this game completely, and that's why I'm throwing Kevin De Bruyne's name in this. Uh, United is home. Oh, Josie's going to bring some buses and some fences and just just curtail it in. Other barricades. Uh, I just don't see De Bruyne doing much. I don't see – so I don't I, – I don't see City doing – excessively as well as they have been doing against other teams. Yes, I know they, they average over 2.5 goals per game and all that good yada, yada, yada. But I don't think United allows that many. I think they allow just two. And I don't think De Bruyne gets on the the tally sheet there. Um, and on to sits. Since I knew you guys were both going to be here, um, my Spurs defenders, sit them. Uh, when's the last time they had a clean sheet? I don't care because I can't Sitting them is too either. kind. Sell them, launch them into the sun. Yeah. Listen, you you can own Jan Vertagen. I'd be okay with it. But if you're going to swallow his price tag and not give you returns, you're playing the wrong game. Go play go go play playtaga.com where Chuck and I and Kevin all, you know, furl our expertise. Mm. Um, but look at the ownerships of some of the Spurs defenders. Ben Davis is still 15.5%, Trippier is almost 8%. Um, and then after that it just falls off a cliff. This defense is not what it should be without Toby in the lineup. And, and there's nobody to protect it. them in front of them because with nope. the Devinson Sanchez suspension, Dyer's going to have to play as a center back, which means the Off. midfield is probably going to be Winks and Dembele. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's my sits. Chuck, on to you. So at forward, I'm sitting Roberto Firmino after his big week last week. Ooh. Um. Ooh. Because the Everton defense, like, if you're going to trust anything on Everton, it's their defense right now. And I really don't think that Liverpool will create that many chances in open play, which could easily lead to either A, a completely nondescript game from Roberto Firmino, or B, him being pulled for Daniel Sturridge in the 60th after doing nothing so that Liverpool can try and get some attacks on target. 
I'm very frustrated. I have Firmino in my uh, sits as well. Uh, yeah. Who you got in the middies? Um, that this one pains me because it's again someone who I sold a few weeks back, and that's Christian Eriksen. Because Tottenham can't break down a bunkered side, and Tottenham is also very bad at Wembley. Those two things together combined with an already underperforming Christian Eriksen at a very expensive price tag Mm -hmm. means you should probably go out and find a better premium midfielder. There's tons of guys to shift that money to. His his price tag for his investment in return is just not there. I mean, look at the guys that are in form around him. I mean, you could basically go to Mo Salah very easily from Christian Eriksen. And after years and then, of like leading the league in chances created, I mean, he's currently sixth, which isn't awful, but is not what you're used to as a person that's owned Christian Eriksen in the past. Do you, do you yeah, guys, the issue on. is no one's finishing his chances. I want to ask yeah. you guys this, because um, I saw a stat on his minutes played between Denmark and the Champions League and yes, all the exterior did. tournaments with Spurs. Do you think that has any effect on, on Christian Eriksen right now? Not really, because... Like, watching him, it's not like he's fading in and out of games due to just not being able to keep up with the speed of the game. Mm-hmm. It's just completely errant passes. His touch has been off. like, Yeah, his touch has been really bad, which is something you're not used to seeing from him. But I really think it more has to do with there being no true holding midfield behind him. Yeah. Well, Dembele's back now, so you think we should expect something? No, because until um, Wanyama's back, you're you shouldn't expect anything out of the Spurs midfield. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree because Wanyama can just sit there and let everybody else do their thing. Because Erickson will yeah. run around like a crazy yeah. person, but usually it's forward, and right now it's both directions making much yep. less effective. I, I did see um, somebody's average position graph, and Erickson is about ten yards further back than he was last season. Um, Equate that to meters, British listeners. I'm sorry. Yeah, the issue is Wanyama did the job of like four people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Him, Conte, and Adrissa guy are all the, are the players in the Premier League that I think I'll do that incredibly well. Uh, who yeah. do you have in defense that you're a little uh, off this week? I mentioned him earlier, but going in the um, sit anyone you own in Manchester United without Paul Pogba, and that's. The top scoring defender, Antonio Valencia, the reason why I'm rolling with a 4-3-3 this week instead of five at the back. Yeah, you, what what you impact can. do you think missing Pogba will have defensively? Because we have talked about it before and other places have talked about the effect on the attack. What what specifically do you think the effect is on the defense without having Paul Pogba in midfield? Well, Pogba actually plays a pretty impressive two-way role for United. It hasn't been as big this year with the signing of Nemanja Matic, but he was always a player that will get back and actually block and shield the defense pretty effectively. Then adding in, you can't really take the ball away from Paul Pogba. Like anyone that comes at him, he's just going to body you, knock you to the ground and go around you. Yeah. So you just think uh, said you'll have too much of an easy time bypassing the midfield and getting directly at the defense. Basically, I mean, look at how badly the United of Defense performed against a really good attack in Arsenal last week. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for David De Gea, it would have been six to two. 
True. Yeah. Yeah, he did make way too many saves. Yeah. Um, for yeah. me, for my sits, uh, unfortunately, like what happened to Rob, um, just had my forward and midfielder jacked. Uh, Firmino, totally agree with you. Um, I don't know why. I'm sure you guys have seen it. There has been some Firmino hype this week. Uh, just not about it. He he has done me so who, dirty. Who, from, in the past. from John from John Wallen? <laughs> Always. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, he doesn't count talking about any Liverpool players. That's fair. Uh, from John's uh, lover, Roberto Firmino. Uh, yeah, no. Firmino has done me so dirty, though. He has to do so much more than one good week to convince me that he's back. Um, if he continues playing up front, obviously his perceived value is higher. But I think he's actually more helpful on the wing when he can really create more versus when he's up against two center backs constantly. Because he isn't that pacey. Like he's not like a Vardy. He's not just going to be able to take somebody off the shoulder and then just create a one-on-one for himself, right? Um, he's obviously not strong enough to muscle most uh, center backs. Like he's a good player. He just never was supposed to be a center forward, and I think it's admirable that he does a decent job of it. But I think he would be uh, better off if he was on the left side of that three um, in midfield. Agree with you on Erickson. I personally dropped him this week again. I think it's the first time I've dropped a player off of a tally, but there you go. In, in defense, I know this is kind of rude, but most of them, this is just a weird week defensively kind of across the board. I mean, you like Chelsea. I mean, Stoke haven't been great, but Shakiri's been doing stuff. City and United are playing each other, and those are two of the three best defenses in the Premier League right now. I do not think there are going to be many clean sheets this week. I really genuinely don't. I think Chelsea are like the easy stalwart one. Robin, I've been saying for over a month now that you should have been shifting all of your City and Tottenham shares into Chelsea's defense. Um, but aside from them, <laughs> like Chuck, I, I like your uh, defensive thing, but surely with as many defensive uh, bucks spent, you have to be looking at this slate and just kind of cringing I mean, a little bit. I'm counting four. Are you? Yeah. Clean sheets. It, it, it's funny. Are you, are it's you funny. counting Bournemouth? Because I'm not confident there. It, it's um, funny. No, I th- I'm count. Well, I'm counting Crystal Palace keeping the clean sheet there. Ooh. Interesting. Ooh. I mean, I think maybe second zero, of the maybe season? zero zero maybe zero zero. Mm. Bournemouth are really frustrating right now. They have a top five defense over the last five matches, but they've conceded one in the majority every, of them. Every match. They're the new West Brom. Oh God. Actually, Burnley are turning into the new West Brom as well. Yeah, yeah. Everybody but, stop conceding stupid late goals. How about yeah. that? Burnley's, Burnley's kind of screwed right now. Yeah. yeah. Although like I love Good Munson. Brady yeah. is huge. Speaking of yeah. fantasy, picked up Good Munson a couple weeks ago, and that has been fantastico. Um, <clears throat> all right, that'll do it for start sets. Now we're just going to quickly uh, run through our teams. The change I made this week was Erickson to Ramsey. Um, <clears throat> unlike Chuck, I'm going to be rolling. Uh, three five two, which has been my main uh, team this season. Uh, back to front, uh, Moreno, Liverpool are at home. Uh, the second best home defense in the Premier League this season. Um, Charlie Daniels against Crystal Palace and <laughs> uh, Ward for uh, Burnley, uh, as we just mentioned, who cannot keep a clean sheet for their lives. Uh, and unfortunately, this is one of those weeks where I have multiple people playing against myself. I also have Charles in there. Playing against Ward in midfield, Sterling, Ramsey, Richarlison, Gross, and Salah. And up front, Morata and Kane. I don't know where I'm dropping that C this week, but I'm having a really hard time taking it off of Harold Kane. 
um, who has just been so good this season. I know he blanked last week, and the chances aren't really coming, but the chances weren't coming the two weeks before that either when he still managed to score. I'm hoping Lamella gets a start here because I think his creativity is sorely needed at the moment. Chuck, what's your team looking like this week? So I made the forced change of taking Robbie Brady out for Damari Gray. Mm-hmm. And then this week, due to City and United playing each other, I'm rolling with a 4-3-3. So I've got Gabriel Jesus up top with Harry Kane and Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Then Damari Gray, Richarlison, and Coutinho in the midfield. Then I'm still riding a little too heavy on Spurs right now with Vertonghen. Then Aspilicueta, Charlie Daniels, Ben Me, and Hugo and Goal. Good little team. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Where do you think you're uh, dropping the armband? It's staying on Harry Kane. I, I can't I pick can't anyone not. else on my team that can actually get it this week. To if live you and knew die Jesus by Harry was starting, Kane. would you put it on him instead? No. Okay. Uh, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't start Jesus against United, I don't think. Mm. That's scary. Have they wait? Uh, they didn't keep a clean sheet last week either, so they still have not kept a clean sheet without Phil mm-hmm. Jones. I mean, if you're if you're planning to actually just speed by United, which I think you can right now, I'd start him over Sergio. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you, if you have that option, but you know what? Those guys are one of the things. That if you own those players, you're not benching them. You're not benching $10 million. That doesn't make any sense. You're, hand, you're handcuffing yourself. I've done this a couple of times where you break down your roster and you take away the four bench spots, even if they're at a minimum. You know, your 4.0 goalkeeper, your 4.0 defender, or two two defenders, whatever you want. Basically, you're, you have $20 million is basically what I'd say, 18 to $20 million on your bench at most all times. So you're basically going into battle with $80 million based on, you know, that's not mine. It's, that's mine is price changes and, you know, how much money you, you bank and all that stuff. And, yes, it is it is four straight for Phil Jones, by the way, without Phil Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, Who but, should uh, be back this week. Yeah. Fingers should. Training. Should. Yeah. Um, so I have two free transfers at my discretion because um, I didn't make a transfer last week. Um, I'm going to bring in Kiko Feminia, uh for uh, a, Bur- a Bournemouth defender. Uh, Philippe Coutinho in for Pogba, and then I'm bringing Calvert-Lewin in up top. Um, so basically, I'm going to be running a 3-5-2. Mini wild Calvert card. Is, yeah, it's what I like to do. It's a Rob special. Um, so I'll probably, roll, I'll probably roll with Daniels, Warden, Firmina on defense. Shakiri, Hazard, Richarlison, Coutinho, Salah. Damn, that's sexy to say out loud. And then, <laughs> and then, and then Morata and Aguero up top. Um, I'm probably looking at uh, either a Hazard or Morata captain. Um, and... Vice captain is probably going to be Coutinho because I one of one of those three is going to definitely going to play. I know you only get two choices, but in my in my mind, one of the one of those three is definitely going to play and probably do something successful. Hopefully, um, yeah. I mean, I, I had a decent week last week. I don't know what everybody else had, but I, I did okay. I didn't do fantastic, but I did not. Last uh, after three straight in a row of having sixty plus points last week, I was in the thirties. It was yeah. not a fun time. Um, Rob, I know typically you ask some sort of crazy question to our guests towards the end of the show. I'm going to take this one over because I was at a, a shop today where they were oh, playing man. Christmas music. Oh, you'll get yours. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I was at a shop today and they were playing Christmas music and people were complaining about it. And here's my thing. The rule has always been the day after Thanksgiving. 
As long as it's mm-hmm. the day after Thanksgiving, I may not personally like it, but I have no right to complain about it. Also, I love it because of my singing background. Um, so curious uh, for you guys. First, what do you feel about Christmas music as long as it's in this sanctioned period? And two, what's your favorite Christmas song? Mm. Oh. Well, the funny thing is, because of my singing background, I honestly hate Christmas music because we Christmas had to go concerts? and do perf- we had to do performances at middle schools. <laughs> and after you've heard um, just hundreds of children singing back Christmas carols at you, songs just aren't the same anymore. <laughs> All right. Well, then what's your most hated Christmas song? Oh. And why is it um, Santa, baby? <laughs> no, it's actually the Alvin and the Chipmunks Christmas song. Ooh, that's a deep cut, man. Oh, it's awful because we also had a kid in our choir who did the actual chipmunk voice the entire oh, time. Oh, Jesus. Which means the kids really got into it. Oh, no. Don't well, encourage children. Yes. That's the main takeaway from it's, this show. It's a, it was a scarring experience. <laughs> I'm, sc- I'm scarred knowing that. I just got <laughs> scarred knowing that. But I, you know, based on my singing background, I. <laughs> I enjoy Christmas music all the time, and my favorite is Wham! Last Christmas. Interesting. Um, for me, it's uh, This Christmas. They're like, hang all the mistletoe, I'm going to get to know you better. The All for One version? Is that All for One? <laughs> you what? Is that the All for One version or the Boys to Men? Oh, piece? Boys to Men. Come on, son. I, I'm kidding. <laughs> Always, always voice the men when you can. Uh, also, I very much wish more uh, groups still had the "Hey, baby" random talking bits in the middle of them. I feel yeah, so. I, I can't believe you went with Christmas music for the for the question, and I had such a good one too. Dude, I thought of it all day. Ask yours then, all man. day. All right, Chuck. What? <laughs> all right, this is a two part question. What currently is the hand soap flavor in your bathroom, and what is your preferred hand soap flavor? Um, gotta be ready. You gotta uh, stay on the ball here. You gotta stay on the ball. Run to the bathroom. I'm, if try- you want to. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what's actually down there right now. Um, like I think it's like something cucumber based. Yeah. Well, is it from so Bath like, and Body Works? No, just like the general self soap stuff. Is it is it foaming or not foaming? Not foaming. Oh, come on, Chuck. <laughs> it's cheap. <laughs> nah, you're classier than that, man. I think maybe I've talked to you on Twitter right. before. You seem nicer than that. You can get three foams for ten bucks at Bed Bath and Beyond right now. Three for ten, <laughs> and you can bring a coupon. It's Bogo. Oh my gosh, yo! Yeah, I will so get if I can't if I can't walk around to the corner to CVS and get it. It's probably not in my bathroom. Yeah, that's fair. But I have way too much invested in this question for me. A favorite soap flavor, which is a weird way of saying it, um, is Midnight Pomegranate. It used to be at Bath and Body Works. They discontinued it now. They don't have a different pomegranate one that is garbage. It's trash. If you work at Bath and Body Works and you're listening to this right now, A, feel embarrassed about yourself. Secondly, get Midnight Pomegranate back on them shelves, please. Secondly, currently have a lavender lilac in the bedroom. You know, I mean, in the in the bathroom, uh, you got to keep things nice. For them ladies. Um, but uh, you got to get the foam and soap. Also, 
shout out my favorite bar in Lexington right now, which is where I'm at. It's called Seltzer Club, and they have this powder soap. It very much is just like cocaine. You just pump it into your hand, and then underwater it foams up, and it's pretty crazy. I have to imagine somebody drunk has tried snorting it before, which I cannot imagine was a pleasant experience, but it would be closer to a flavor, which is the question you initially asked. Yeah, absolutely. I currently have vanilla bean foam chocolate, and my preferred (laughs) is I like anything with like like a... I like cucumber, so Chuck's on the go- on the right on the right mm-hmm. path. There's, they they make like a cucumber melon, like a watermelon mix. Yeah. It's pretty good. Bath and Body Works does it right. Anybody who's looking for gift ideas, you know, skip the appliance for your missus. Go get soap; she'll appreciate it more. Yeah, stock them stuffings with all the Bath and Body Works and Sephora you can, man. Absolutely, it'll Less, smell uh, good, and it'll smell <laughs> good before, during, and after your relations with a woman. Think about go. that. Think also. About that. Also, if you want to go to a place like Sephora to get gifts, because you know your girl likes going to Sephora, don't worry about makeups. You're going to get her skin tone wrong. It's going to be horrible. It's going to be some brand that she hates, or the foundation is going to be two, two shades too dark. Just go gift there card. and get Korean skincare stuff, man. Cleans gift up card. the pores. You know what I'm saying? Gift card. Gift card. Gift card. Oh, gift. Yeah, but that seems impersonal. Not if you, not if you put it inside of a pair of nice underwear. <laughs> <laughs> then it's too personal. <laughs> My underwear, I meant. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, your okay. Um, we're gonna get out of here before we get into any more trouble. Uh, Chuck, tell the folks so they can get at you. Um, the I mean, the easiest way is just by following me on Twitter at Chuck Blue Sport. There's more places to actually find me than I can really name in a quick time period, so you can just find them all there. Well, as usual, you could find me on Twitter. FPL underscore MNOP, uh, or you can find my uh, writings and stylings on rasball.com. And tis the season, I'm probably choir or quarreling around the neighborhood. That you know, I like to like to do that. People don't really know I'm coming. I, I hide in the tree and do it, but I still do it. <laughs> Dress like a clown, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I'm your host, Kevin DeVries. I am not currently outside your house. You can find me on Twitter at Kevroff. I'm the fantasy writer at Goal.com, so be sure to check that out. Of course, as always, under the gaming tab. Uh, also, Rob and I have a DFS stream that we do every week for VIPBet.com. That's at 4 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. UK. Be sure to check that out. Also, we have Premier League and Championship shows on this very channel. You're already listening to it. Just scroll down a little bit. I believe in you. Did you do it? No, wait. You're still listening to this. All right, we'll do it after this. Cool. Sounds good. All right. Thanks so much for joining <laughs> us, Chuck. It was great having you on, Rob. Nice speaking with you as always. Best of luck to all of your fantasy teams, and we'll catch you next week. Thanks. Peace.